Happy Black Friday weekend, everyone. We'll talk about that in a bit. But first, the World Cup kicked off last weekend to lots of controversy and a weird schedule, but none of that stopped many from watching the games. And I should say streaming. You can watch the games through a few apps, but three have risen over the last week as the most popular options for streaming the games. The three include Peacock, Fox Sports, and Telemundo. Between Sunday and Tuesday, the trio saw 2.1 million new downloads, according to our estimates. That's a lot of downloads. Of the three, Peacock's downloads rose the most, adding 315,000 new users on Tuesday. Telemundo came in second, adding 297,000 new downloads on Tuesday, and Fox Sports added 278,000 downloads also on Tuesday. And by the way, all of these trends are available through our app intelligence to everyone. You can get those for yourself right now during our Black Friday promotion for half off. It's our best deal of the year. Check the link in the description for more. Back to the numbers, though. Even though Peacock added the most new users, it was Telemundo who grew the most. On an average day, Telemundo adds a few hundred downloads. Yes, just a few hundred downloads, not thousands, not anything more than that. Compared to Tuesday, that's an increase of 98,000%, actually a little bit more. Peacock's growth compared to its daily average calculates to about 420%, so much less. Fox grew a little more than 1,000%, and that's because its daily average is much higher than Telemundo's and much lower than Peacock's. I've been watching the World Cup for many, many, many years and love that it's so easy to stream the games. I remember having to mess around with antennas to watch the World Cup growing up. A lot has changed since, obviously. If you also remember messing around with antennas, drop me a comment and let me know what was your first World Cup game that you saw. Let's see how far the U.S. will go because I have the sneaking suspicion that downloads will end when the U.S. runs also end. We'll see. By the way, I'm Ariel from Figures, and you're tuned in to a new episode of This Week in Apps. Back to the insights. Leaving Twitter is all the rage these days. My entire timeline is full of people saying goodbye to the platform they're obviously not leaving. Mastodon was where everyone wanted to go at first, but... A few weeks into it, many who try to realize it isn't the solution. I looked at those downloads a few weeks ago, which you can find here. Where will they all go, if not Mastodon? Right now, it looks like many are trying out an app called Hive, which feels to me like a mix of Quora and MySpace and is fairly buggy according to its reviews. Hive came out at the end of 2019 and initially was only available on the App Store, only recently, a few months ago, it was added on Android, so available on Google Play. Before it caught the attention of Twitter abandoners, Hive saw just a handful of downloads, and I'm talking tiny, tiny, tiny numbers not even worth mentioning. If I had to guess, I'd say it's because of its mishmash of features, but that's not relevant because things changed very abruptly over the last few days. According to our estimates, downloads of Hive started rising last Friday, hitting 66,000 downloads in one day. They dipped over the weekend and then ballooned to 294,000 on Monday, followed by a similar number on Tuesday. Hive was downloaded a total of 735,000 times since it started getting traction last week. That's incredible considering it wasn't at all popular before. Most of the downloads, about 56%, came from the US. No other country had more than an 8% share of the downloads, but the downloads came from many, many countries, so they amounted to a bunch. While high, this isn't a Twitter killer, if you ask me. A combination of strange features, a focus on music, and Twitter not actually dying all mean Hive is probably not going to replace Twitter anytime soon. But Hive has a revenue model for its app that's not based on ads. That's nice. Next, 
the holiday shopping season kickstarted very early this year. What used to start with Black Friday at the end of November started about a month early with Amazon's second Prime Day. Although Prime Day wasn't a big hit, many other apps have started their deal season around that time and some are pushing hard with ads. I rounded up the numbers and ranked the most downloaded shopping apps in the US since the beginning of November. And the top result is not Amazon. Timu, a new entrant into the shopping race I looked at a few weeks ago here, was the most downloaded shopping app in the US in November. Our app intelligence shows Timu was downloaded by 6 million users, a hefty haul for an app that launched in September. Its unique value is super low prices on lots of things, but its real secret for growth is Apple search ads, which Timu relies on heavily. Amazon was not the second most downloaded shopping app in the US in November. That spot went to rival Walmart, which pushed its Black Friday campaign very hard and clearly did it right. It added about 3 million new users in the US in November. Amazon came in third, adding about 2 million downloads after rounding from the US in November, according to our estimates. The App Store was responsible for most of those downloads, and that's to be expected at this point. I'll talk more about both of these in just a little bit. Shein and Bath & Body Works round out the top five. Both have seen pretty stable downloads, and both saw roughly the same number of downloads, even though one has been around for a while and the other is fairly new. Together, the top 10 most downloaded shopping apps made their way into 21 million devices since the beginning of November in the US. Now, much like last year, the shopping season started fairly early, and we can clearly see that by the number of downloads. And while we're talking about Black Friday, Walmart and Amazon were both ready for battle this holiday shopping season. Amazon thought it'd beat everyone with its second Prime Day event of the year, and that didn't exactly work. But while they were planning, Walmart had similar plans. It just started a bit later. We're seeing the results of Walmart's strategy in this month's downloads, and they're pretty good as we just saw. So far in November, Walmart is beating Amazon in downloads on both the App Store and Google Play. Looking at how close the numbers are though, I suspect Walmart is following Amazon's downloads and pushing with ads and promotions as much as needed to beat them. The trends are interesting. Walmart kicked off November with a big spike, getting ahead of Amazon for the first time in a long time. The trend sloped down right after for a bit, but peaked again a few days later and stayed above since. In more absolute terms, Amazon added 2.5 million new users in the US between the App Store and Google Play, while Walmart added 2.6 million. So it's a small enough difference that's clearly, in my opinion, the result of paid user acquisition, which really means ads. Considering how much shopping will go through apps this holiday season, I think it's a really good strategy. For Amazon, these numbers are fairly standard. For Walmart, however, these numbers are much higher than the average, roughly three times the average. I expect to see Walmart's downloads continue to grow as it takes on new entrant Timu, which is currently in the lead, as we just saw. And last for this week, Disney's Enchanted was a huge success back in 2007. Wow, 2007. It was so long ago that it was time for a sequel. And that happened. Disenchanted, the sequel, was released last week, and even though I personally did not like it at all, looking at Disney Plus's revenue on release day, it was a huge success. In fact, it was the second highest day of revenue in all of 2022. Second only to New Year's Day, which is always big, so that's kind of cheating. This year, Disney Plus averaged roughly $1.9 million of net revenue every day. Let that sink in. Net meaning what Disney gets to keep after Apple and Google take their fees. 
The real numbers have a wide range, dipping as low as 1.4 million and rising as high as 2.8 million. Now, there aren't many 2.8 days, so let's keep that in mind. Last Saturday, the day Disenchanted came out, revenue rose to $3.2 million according to our estimates. They didn't immediately drop either. They remained high during the weekend and dropped to $2.9 million by Tuesday, which is still higher than the peak. That's great for Disney+, Plus, which hasn't had an amazing year of growth in 2022 like it did in 2021 and even 2020. And it also saw a CEO swap fairly recently. Even though the movie wasn't as good as its predecessor, according to me, plus Rotten Tomatoes, which gets it right some of the time. It's really not relevant here. What's relevant here is the popularity of the Enchanted brand and brands in general. And now that we're entering a different stage of the streaming race, intellectual property will play a major role in getting subscribers and also retaining them. HBO Max does a great job with that, and Disney Plus can too. And that's the end of this week's episode. I hope you learned something new and interesting. If you did, please give the episode a like and consider subscribing to the channel. There's a new episode just like this every weekend. If you're looking for the highest earning apps and games, check out last week's episode here. I'll see you next week.